0: Ben, huh? <laughs> you know, I was just—I was just thinking, like, you and I have been doing this together a long time. I—26 years. Yeah. So I, since you know, we set up the little drum kit over there, yep. and we looked at it for a couple months, and then they let me sit behind it. Right. I remember that. <laughs> Couldn't play it yet. You just could sit no, behind could, it. I could play it. Just yeah. with brushes, though. You weren't. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, with brushes. Yeah. I had to like breathe on it right, first right, for right. a little while, but. Right. It's good, to, it's good to have you, buddy. It's good to have you back. Well, I. I yeah. thank you. I'm sure uh, I'm sure just, you're going to share more about this journey that you've been on. Uh, there's so much I need to say, but just thank you guys for your prayers, thank you for um, helping my wife. Uh, it is, I've looked forward to this. No, I'm gonna, it's too late for that.
1: <laughs> it's just going to happen. Yeah.
0: I, I've been looking forward to playing again, and I, it just makes me feel normal, and thank you uh, so much for all your prayers and support and everything. Yeah, it's man. It's great to have a church family. You know, I also realized that after, like, uh, don't, don't. After, like, 26 years of this, like, this is kind of a realization of a dream for you where, like, you get to do this, but we have to carry all your stuff.
1: Uh, it is. Awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, it is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, and we're also really psyched that the Kenya team is back. Yeah. Yes. And we're looking forward to hearing from them later. And, uh, man, it's just awesome to be in the house of the Lord, our God who reigns. How about it?
2: It's the the song of the redeemed, rising from the African plain. It's the song of the forgiven, drowning out the Amazon rain. The song of Asian believers, filled with God's holy fire. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation A love song born of a grateful choir It's all that you sing, glory, glory Caught up in the heavens and sound Let praises echo from the towers of cathedrals To the faithful gathered
3: underground
2: Of all the songs from from the dawn of creation Some were meant to persist Of all the bells rung from a thousand steeples unranked sure than this all my children singing glory glory hallelujah he reigns he reigns all my children singing glory glory hallelujah he reigns all the powers of darkness Tremble at what they just heard Cause all the powers of darkness Get drowned out a single word Sing that again And all the powers of darkness Tremble at what they just heard Cause all the powers of darkness Sound out a single. Let me hear your voice it's singing sing loud. All God's doing is singing, Lord glory, and
0: We thank you, God, for what you did on the cross. We thank you for the shed blood of Jesus Christ, for the fact that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thank you for being our, our Savior, our King, our Father, our good Father who wouldn't let us go, our Father who leaves the 99 for the one. Thank you, God.
3: Hear our praises. sing together. And I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, and I've heard a
2: tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're
3: pleasing, that I'm ever
2: By it's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. And You are perfect in all of your ways, you are perfect in all of your ways, you are perfect in all of your ways. To us, come on, sing that again. Call me deeper still as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still into love Love, love, you're a good, good father, it's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are and I'm loved by you. It's who I am It's who I am It's who I am You're a good, good father It's who you are It's who you are It's who you are And I'm loved by you It's who I am It's who I am It's who I am You are perfect in all of your ways You are perfect in all of your ways, you are perfect in all of your ways to us. Let's sing that out. You You are perfect in all of your ways, you are perfect in all of your ways, you are perfect in all of your ways to us.
0: Amen. Kingdom kids, now is the time. Head right out those doors. The rest of you can have a seat. We're calling an audible this morning. We were going to do a song, and then we decided to do a different song. And it's a uh, a newer song. It's called uh, Highlands, Song of Ascent. And... uh, it's from uh it's based on some psalms and one of the cool things I like about the psalms is how they uh there's a lot of vulnerability there that we uh sort of ignore a lot of times cuz we just try to put a nice face on and yeah, everything's fine. But uh everything isn't always fine. And if everything's always fine, what do we need God for, right? So uh The other amazing thing about the Psalms is that regardless of what the writer's going through, it always circles back to, but God, but you are God, you know, but no matter what, what I'm facing, no matter what I'm going through, whether it's the highest high or the lowest low, you are God, you are faithful. And, uh, that's what this song has to say. So we're going to sing it. Join in if you'd like, and uh, we'll probably do it again soon. So, Highlands. Psalm 121
3: says, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And he will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. And the sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. And the Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever.
2: mountains, if the mountains were where you hide. Oh, how far I'd scale the valleys if you grace the other side. Oh, Grace descending From the source of its supply Cause in the highlands And the heartache You're neither more or less inclined I would search and stop at nothing You're just not that hard Oh, I will praise you on the mountain I will praise you in the mountains in my way You're the sun where my feet are So I will praise you in the valleys all the same No less God within the shadows no less faithful when the night be me astray You're the heaven where my heart is In the islands and the heart of the whoa. 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 Oh, how far beneath your does your kindness extend the path From where your feet rest on the sunrise To where you sweep your sinless And Know oh, how fast would you come running It's just a shadow through the night Trace my steps through all my failures and walk me out the other side For who could dare ascend that mountain That valleyed hill called Calvary But for the one I call good shepherd Who like a lamb was slain for me oh I will praise you on the mountain, and I will praise you in the mountains in my way. You're the sun where my feet, so I will praise you in the valleys on the sand. No less God within the shadows, no less faithful. You're in the heaven where my heart is In the high highlands and the hiding all the same Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wherever I walk to wherever I am Your name can move mountains Wherever I stand, wherever I walk the valley of death i sing through the shadows My song of ascent Whatever I walk through Wherever I am you name in the mountains Wherever I stand If ever I walk through The valley of death i sing through the shadows My song of set, My song of ascent Whoa, 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 My song of a cent And from the gravest of all valleys Come the pastures we call a mighty river flowing upwards from a deep but empty grave So I will praise you on the mountains And I will praise you and the mountains in my way You're the summit where my feet are So I will Great.
0: Where you have to transition down there smoothly.
3: All right. Well, good morning. I I hope that was a smooth enough transition. Uh, man, uh, I, gotta, I just got to say I, that last song is really powerful. And the uh, I, I first time I heard it, it's like got halfway through and I was, was like crying like a like a baby. You know, a couple of the songs that we sang this morning really have a deeper impact on me um, as we, we get to sing and worship and thinking about the song of Good Father and just reminding me of, you know, how God it gets to replace my earthly father as, as he since passed, And, um, you know, part of what we're going to talk a little bit about today is the willingness to have this vulnerability to where we can be real, we can be real with each other and The really awesome thing about being able to be real with each other um, helps us in the future to be real with people outside of the church. Um, Our neighbors, our friends, family, uh, really anybody we come across. uh, We've been talking the last couple of weeks as the uh, Kenya team has been gone and and Pastor John's been out, uh, this whole idea of taking our core values and uh, not changing them. Uh, just kind of streamlining them a little bit. And I shared the quote with you last week about we don't always necessarily need instruction. Sometimes we just need reminding. And I, I really, truly believe that that's where we're, where we're at. Um, we're just reminding. Just reminding each other, reminding staff, reminding our families, moms, dads, kids, that really... This whole idea of taking our core values and figuring out how they apply to our lives, and, and not just like the normal, general way, yeah, we want to love God, we want God to be first in our lives. We want to love other people, we want to be kind, we want to be compassionate. We want to be a church that people are going to be comfortable in. Like, we want that, and we understand the general aspect behind it. But when it comes to the specifics and really trying to figure out... How do I specifically play my part in this? And this whole idea of upward, inward, and outward. And, you know, the upward, we talked about loving God above everything else, right? The old turns to new. We turn into this, like, conforming of Christ, transforming our minds. And that leads to this inward change, right? We talked about that. And I I can't be too long. I got to try to condense everything into about 20 minutes or so. So I'm going to try to stay focused. And if I get too crazy, Pastor John's got the hook. He's going to, you know, you'll hear like the Oscar music playing and I'll be out the door. But just as a recap, right? this upward approach, this understanding. We talked a little bit about David and David's mindset and how he approached God and how he understood God's relationship with him. And not just that, but the positional authority that God has in his life. And I'm also reminded of Isaiah who says, I'm unworthy, like I'm undone. I, I, I'm not able to be here, like who, who can stand before God? And one of the lines in the song that we last sang was, well, who could dare ascend that mountain? And there's a song that talks about that, having clean hands and coming to God and being able to stand before Him, and realistically, we just can't. And that's why this whole idea of upward comes into play, because we have the power of the Spirit within us. We have this relationship with God, and it gives us an opportunity to really kind of change who we are. And that's an awesome thought, because the person who I was five years ago is not the person I am now. The person I was 10 years ago is not the person I was five years ago is not the person that I am now. And hopefully you can think back along your timeline and go, you know what? That makes sense. I want to, I want to be continually moving. I want to continue to change. I want to continue to transform. And then we talked about the inward, the self care and then our, our communal body care, right? The church is not an organization. It's a living, breathing thing. It's all of us individually and collectively. That's why it's important to understand these concepts as we talk about building Scripture and understanding Scripture and applying Scripture and how it impacts us to love each other and to grow together. And we shared those verses that talked about having love and patience. And then the second half of that talked about being able to encourage and to teach and that fun word admonish. And really, that is a sign of a healthy church no matter where you go. If you find yourself moving to the other part of the country or another part of the world, a healthy church is a church that handles conflict and is able to interact with each other in a way that's going to honor and glorify God. And that's all the inward stuff. And Pastor taught through it when he talked about Titus. Being able to come to someone and push on a little bit or to, can I ask a question? I've noticed that. Whatever the probing question is, but the ability to do that to each other And to do it from a spirit of love. Not a spirit of, hey, Randy. Uh, No, that's not what we're called to do. We're called to have love and compassion. Loving God's people. It's an inward approach. I was talking with Pastor John this week and my wife. And um, if, if you're an office fan, you can raise your hand. You don't have to be embarrassed. You're amongst friends. There is uh, an episode of The Office. That I said I want to show this clip, and my wife said, well, "Maybe you should think about it." And I thought about it, and I decided not to show it. But I'm going to explain what happens. Right? There's this awesome. Oh, I know. Sorry, Pastor John. He hasn't seen this episode. There's. The, Does anybody remember the dinner party? It's like the absolute most awkward episode ever. Right, Michael and his girlfriend are having a dinner party and he invites the people from the office over and from like the word go, it's just you don't want to be there. And just sitting on my couch watching, I'm like, oh, ah, oh, they're fighting, they're bickering, they're arguing and they're passive aggressive about it. And sometimes they're in their face about it and it blows up to this point where they're throwing things and screaming and the dinner guests are just kind of like, ah, oh, my house is on fire, so I'm going to just go. Right. The reason I bring that up is because if we want to have an outward impact where we want to bring people into our doors and within our building and reach out into the lives of these people, we can't have that type of dinner party. We just can't. Does it happen? Absolutely. Can we avoid it? I think we can. I went and met with Corey a couple weeks back before he left for Kenya, and we had lunch, and we were talking about just maturity, not just specifically in our church, but kind of as a whole. And one of the things that we had talked about was, can we get to the point where we know people are going to make mistakes, and when they step in it, we give them enough freedom to step in it and not crush them? Because that's a part of inward. That's a part of who we are. It's a part of being able to love God's people, the inward stuff. Encouragement, managing, being on the same page. Yes, being on the same page. I'm trying to stay. (laughs) Being on the same page. Remember, I had Mike and Jason Cooley come up, and Mike is really good at tuning guitars by ear. We're going to pretend he's not. But right, well, we walked through that thing. They were on the same page. They, had, they were in tune to the same authority, the tuner. They were able to play together. They were connected. They were playing the same song. It was in a different key. They figured out how to get along. And the whole point of it was neither was wrong. They weren't wrong. They weren't right. They both had the same stuff, different key. Our ideas, they're going to bounce off each other. There's going to be conflict. Conflict is not bad, but it is how we deal with it that can turn it into a negative thing. There's examples of conflict throughout Scripture. The disciples fighting, Paul fighting with Peter, and when he says, I would stood him to his face, that's not like they had a friendly disagreement, they had a conflict. They had a conflict to one point where they said, I don't want him, he can go away, he's deserted us when they were leaving for missionary trips. And they were able to come back together at the end. Philippians talks about it where Paul is saying, these people are fighting, I wish they wouldn't, but we've got to figure out how to love and encourage them through it. Church is going to have conflict. But we can still be on the same page. We can still have compassion. And we can still have, this is all inward. It's loving God's people. So we have outward up on the board. So what is outward? Outward is simple. It's missional living. Living with the mission that God has given us. We have a a near. You know, you look through the Great Commission. Go here, go here, go here. And as you go, the circle starts to get bigger. And Mark sums it up too when he talks about going and being sent and throughout the world. And there's two parts to this missional living. There's my inner circle, my friends, my family, my neighbors. And then there's this much bigger circle. Not all of us are going to go to Kenya. I don't know if that's on the books for next year, but if it is, not everybody in this room is going next year. Not everybody has been called to be a missionary overseas. I understand that. Pastor John understands that, but we have all been called to missional living. It's part of being an actual, real disciple. We talked about that last week. They'll know that you're my disciples by the love that you have. Not just for each other, but for everybody. Right? Love God, love your neighbor. Love God, love your neighbor. I feel like that's a theme that kind of spreads from Genesis throughout the entirety of Scripture. Loving God, loving your neighbor. So, by way of intro, this is where we're at. Outward. What is it? Missional living. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for who you are this morning. Lord, for the opportunity to be here and to worship. We thank you that the Kenya team was able to return safely. Lord, that you've uh, uh, gone with that trip and... Uh, Thank you that Pastor John has come back energized, and I'm assuming if he has, so has the rest of the team. Lord, we're waiting to hear the stories, we're waiting to hear the excitement. and As we move from one face to the next, from from lifting up praise of song to uh, getting into your word, Lord, just to understand, you have called us to a greater purpose than just to sit within these pews, within these walls. Lord, help us to achieve that. Help us to understand how these things tie together. How it impacts our church. How it impacts us. and Lord, how we can move from the idea of generally applying this to our lives, but be specific about it. So, Father, we ask these things in your name. Lord, I ask that you help me to speak clearly. Lord, that you would just clear my mind, my heart. Let everything that comes out today be of you. So, Father, we ask these things in your name. Amen. See, The three of these, this upward, inward, and outward, they all work together. It's foundational stuff. It's our core values. We have them on the bulletin. If you want to look at the bulletin, that doesn't mean it's going to be replaced and those are going to go away. It just means these are the core values. These are the categories they fit in, and this is why they're important if we want to be successful, if we want to be a church that's going to continue to grow, not just in number, but in maturity, because that's what we've been called to to be mature. In other words, to grow up. Part of the problem, if we can't figure this out, is it leads to a broken view of the church and what we do. And what I mean by a broken view is I have two things that I, I, I keep in mind. One broken view is outward doesn't matter. It means that I can keep my relationship with God hidden. I can be like that secret agent. And when I've, I've worked with teenagers for a long time, and this is the language that we use, the double agent. When I go to school, I'm a complete, totally different person than I am at church. And when I was a teenager growing up, I was no different. Monday, Tuesday, half of Wednesday, Thursday, and every other Friday... I lived one way, and then when I would go to church, I lived a completely, totally different way. To the point where when people would find out that I was a pastor's son or that I went to church, they were shocked. It's no different when you're an adult. We can kind of fall into this same category. We keep it hidden. It's not really a part of the fiber of who we are. And we talked about the individual impact that these things have. We used the C.S. Lewis quotes. Are our ships seaworthy? Or are they old, dingy bathtubs that are just going to clang into each other? Am I keeping my relationship hidden? Because that's a broken view. It's someone else's job. Someone else can handle it. They can be a better witness. They can be. It doesn't matter. We'd said everything about our lives communicates our view of God, it communicates the respect we have for His positional authority, no matter what we do. It communicates how real we are about this. And the point is, we want to be real. And we want to be vulnerable, vulnerable bull, not vulnerable boy. I don't think that's a word. But here's the second problem, and this is something that may have happened here in the past. But I can tell you, it is not uncommon to have a hidden relationship, and no matter where you go, it's not uncommon to run into people that think the church is only there to satisfy their needs. That's it. They show up on Sunday, they send their kids off to junior church, or they send their kids to Awana's, or they send them to here, or they send, whatever. The church is only here to meet my needs. It's selfish. Selfishness gets in the way all the time of what we're supposed to be doing. Selfishness is the block that prevents outward from happening. My motives, my desires, whether it's self preservation, whether it's pride, no matter what it is, whatever is getting in the way, let's be honest, it's selfish. If it's not doing what God has called us to do, and it's for whatever reason, it's preventing us from living missionally. It's preventing us from taking the upward and the inward and actually doing what we're supposed to do with it. Because ultimately, we talk about what it is, why is it important? It's really simple. It's important because it's what disciples do. It's what we do. If you're in here and you're here and you're thinking, I'm a disciple, okay, how is your missional living? What does that look like? Is there an impact to it? Is there a realness to it? Because Mark chapter 16, verse 15, it says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. I like the Living Bible, it's not that much different, but this is what he says. You are to go, you are to go, you are to go. You are to go into all the world, preach the good news to everyone, everywhere. So does that mean I'm just continually every person, hey, do you know who Jesus is? Hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Hey, let me Do you know who Jesus is. Right? I I see the meme that goes around Facebook from time to time, and some of us have shared it. And it says, yes, I'm a Christian. No, I don't hate you because you're this. And no, I won't do this. And no, I won't beat you over the head. And no, I won't do this. And no, I won't do that. And no, I won't force it down your throat. And I'm okay with parts of that. But when it gets to the point where there's absolutely no impact that your life is having on someone else, guess what? You're not going and you're not preaching to everyone everywhere. If our lifestyle can be accepted as worship, it can also be accepted as spreading the gospel. And it's not someone else's job. It's our job. It's what disciples do. Do we lack discipleship? I don't know. I I can't answer that in full. You want to know my specific thoughts on it? You can ask me after. I'll talk with you. We're not going to do it here. I think there is a little bit of a problem with discipleship in our group. We can't just stop and say, Well, I've done all that. I don't have to do anymore. We can't just go, Well, you know, I'm not mature enough to serve yet, so I'm just going to kind of sit back. We have entry level positions in ministry, we have opportunities to continue to grow. We, there is so much that you can do to get involved to move through these phases into what God has called us missional living. It doesn't end. When I was a teenager in the church I grew up in, they had a discipleship program, and it was, what, 16, 16 weeks? Do you remember? We tried to do it at my dad's church, and it was like D1, 16 weeks, and then when you finished that, you could go into the Discipleship 2 class, which was like another 12 weeks, and there was a massive problem with that. It was great stuff. It was foundational understanding, the role that God plays in my life, how do I impact the church, how do I impact the world, my tithing, me and in, in, in work, and... My friends, but the problem is, people would finish the book and it was like, I'm done. I don't have to be, I'm done being discipled. I can now be a discipler. And then they would go through the second book and it was like another level of like, they've earned something and they had to stop. They could, hey, I can stop. I've gone through discipleship. Hey, I can stop. I don't have to continue. I've already done that. It's a lifelong process, it's a continual thing. We're continuing to learn and we're continuing to grow. So we talk about general and specifics. Why is it important? Here's some questions that we can ask ourselves. One question. How many times have you personally obeyed this command? To just go and spread the gospel. To just go and share your story. To just go and be vulnerable. To just witness to someone. How many people have you shared the good news with? How many people has your life communicated the gospel to? Not just within these walls, but outside as well. How many people are Christians today because you reached out to them in order to share with them what you have found in Christ? See, these are all the things that are built into our story. And John shared, Pastor John shared something this week that was really impactful to me, and I, won't, I don't know if he's sharing it today, but I don't want to steal that from him. I, I hope he does, and I hope we can all understand. We have a story. Some of our stories are mind-blowing and amazing. Some of them, meh. Mine is kind of like meh in comparison to other people. It really is. But you know what? It's still my story. It's still how God has impacted my life. It's still how I have gone through this journey and what he's revealed to me and how he has done it. I don't have the same story as Ben right now. No offense, Ben. I'm praying that I don't. But I don't have that story. And, and some of the conversations we've had is, what's next? What is God? That's his story. That is powerful. And to understand like, all the dominoes that fell into place for Ben to go from where he was to where he is now, and that's amazing. And it's powerful. And Ben doesn't have to stand up on a soapbox and preach fire and brimstone. he say, listen, can I just tell you what I've experienced and what God has done for me? You can make up your mind, but for me, here's the reality of what God is. Here's how it's impacted my life. Here's how it makes a difference. Here's how I've changed. Here's how I'm continuing to grow. So, we had the what it is it's missional living, why it's important, it's what disciples do. I'm almost done, I promise. You're fine. Okay. You got another 40 seconds. 40 seconds. I only have two pages left, so we're. So we talked about in the past, like this whole last couple of weeks has been the same thing. What it is, why it's important, how do we accomplish it? What it is, it's mission of living. Why is it important? Because it's what disciples do. So how do we do it? We play our part. We all have a part. And Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth, so that neither one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. Simple. Do your part and see what God does. Because it's trusting Him. If this is an example that is set for us, it's an example that we can follow. Just play your part. Tell your story. Be real. Don't, don't, don't try to hide it. Don't try to make it more than it has to be. Tell your story. Play your part. Without doing this, without playing our part, nothing happens. There's no harvest. Because there's no planting. There's no watering. There's no reality to it. There's no growth. We just have to play our part. So here's some verses from the New Life Version. It's Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6, if you want to look there. It says you must keep praying, keep watching, be thankful always. As you pray, be sure to pray for us also. Pray that God will open the door for us to preach the word. We want to tell the secret of Christ, and this is the reason I am in prison. Pray that I will be able to preach so everyone can understand this is the way I should speak. Be wise in the way you live around those who are not Christians. Make good use of your time. Speak with them in such a way that they will want to listen to you. Do not let your talk sound foolish. Know how to give the right answer to anyone. So here's your steps for success. Here's how we do it. One, pray for opportunities. I have found when I pray for something specific, whether it's an opportunity for here or whether whatever, when I start to pray for something specific, I'm more likely to keep an eye out for it and to look for it. It's the same thing. Pray for opportunities. We had pray for one. That was our thing. We still throw it up on the board. How many of us are still praying for one? How many of us are still praying for one routinely? How many of us are praying for one and also praying for an opportunity... To interact. Not just, Lord, I pray that they would come to know you. Great. What's your part in that? And there's the second part that Paul mentions. He talks about praying for opportunities and praying for supernatural intervention. Pray that God would. I'm going to pray for my opportunity for my one or for whatever or how I'm going to impact my job. I'm going to pray that I can form this, figure out this disciple thing. I'm going to pray specifically for opportunities to share my faith. I'm going to pray specifically for opportunities to grow. I'm going to pray for God to show me things in my life that I need to change. Because that's kind of the second part of what Paul challenges here. Pray for opportunities. Pray for supernatural intervention. And take stock of your life. Your lifestyle reflects the gospel. If it's a reflection of our worship, right? Romans 12, we talked about that. It's our reasonable service. It is what we've been called to do, a lifestyle of worship. That it's not just our songs. Everything we do reflects these things. Everything we do reflects our opinion of God. Everything reflects the the respect we have for His authority. Everything communicates worship. Everything communicates the gospel. Is it real to me? I, I hope so. I hope it's a reflection to other people that they do see that there is a difference about this person. That there is a realness to it. Like, I get panned sometimes from some of my friends. They'll listen to a podcast or when I talk. they say, you know, you, you, you like open your closet too much and you're always telling people how you, you're, you're, you're broken. And you... Look, I, I feel like it would be dishonest to stand up here and be like, I never struggle with anger. I don't, I don't ever have a bad attitude. I never yell at my kids. I'm not perfect. That's, the reality is being able to recognize something and to work to change it. The, the reality is recognizing something and being able to put it on the table. When I put it on the table, that means I open up the door for someone to come to me and be like, Hey, you know, I heard you speak and I know you're trying to work on this, but I noticed also that you know, when you were in the parking lot, I could overhear you talking. And I'm okay with that. I really am. I, I, I've experienced it with Pastor John, with other people who have come even to say, like, can, can we talk about this? Put it on the table. Find someone who's willing to keep you accountable because it impacts how this flows out of us. If I can't figure out how to control my attitude and my anger, even when it's someone who pulls in front of me on a Sunday driving 30 miles an hour in a 55-mile-an-hour zone, and I'm like, I was supposed to be at worship practice at 8.30. It's 8.31. I'm going to be late. And this is all in a span of like the Village Deli. To harmony. I'm not alone. I know I'm not. Right? <laughs> see, it's not meant to, 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 to brag or to, to, to make. Oh, see, listen, we're all broken. We're not perfect. The church isn't for perfect people. It's not. We have to, under, our lifestyle reflects the gospel. I think one week, my wife was very kind and she was, you need to just relax, it's not a big deal, calm down. And I'm like, oh, they're driving, it's a 55, and then, literally, from the village alley to here. And as I'm slowing down and pulling to the parking lot, guess what happens? They came into the parking lot too, right in front of me. And I'm like, hi! It always happens. You understand, it Our lifestyle reflects the gospel. So pray for opportunities. Pray for supernatural intervention. Take stock of our life. And when the opportunities come along, take advantage of them. There's so many missed opportunities that we have. And when you stop and think about all the people that you come into contact with, whether they're at your job, they're at the gas station, they're at the gym, they're at the grocery store, they're wherever you are, there's always an opportunity to do something. Does that mean I have to always hand out a track and give them the gospel to John? No, but our kindness, our attitude, the things that we say, the way we treat people, these are all opportunities that reflect the gospel. These are all opportunities that really show the world that we are different. That God has a real impact on our lives. And use your words. Uh, one of my kids, Avery or Taryn, they would always say, use your words. Use your words. Tell me what you want. Say it. Paul actually gives us a couple of things to consider when we use our words. One, don't be a fool. You could do A, you can do B, you could do 2A, you can do 2B, and then your speech will betray you. I take into account what I post on Facebook, how I interact with people, what I say on the phone, what I talk to the teenagers about. And I've been guilty. I've been talking with other adults and there have been other people around and my words have not been seasoned with salt. They have not been kind. They've not been generous. And I've had to think, man, ah, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have had that conversation. Nope, we nope, shouldn't have. I shouldn't have posted that thing. Our words betray who we are a lot of times. And Paul says, don't be foolish. Don't do all of these other steps and then open your mouth and say something dumb and completely destroy any chance that you have with someone. That's a lot to me. Use your words. Take an opportunity. Stop and think before you click send, before you click post, before you put in an email, before you put in a text, whether it's within the walls or outside of the walls. I, was, uh, I have a, uh, uh, a sociology class that I'm taking right now. And uh, one of the things they're talking about is the impact we have living different lives. And I was thinking about when I had a secular job and how I would act there. And, you know, these things come to mind all the time when I have to... Uh, fire someone or correct someone or praise someone or when I'm getting corrected by my boss and how this is the, supposed to be how am I supposed to be different? How am I supposed to reflect change? God cares about every aspect of our life, secular and sacred. It doesn't matter. Our upward is important because that puts us on the right path. We talk old to new, conform to Christ, transformed. How that impacts the next phase, the inward phase. How I am as an individual, how I'm cleaned up as myself, how we're cleaning up as a group. Because if we can do both of those steps, the outward makes it a little its a little easier to accomplish the outward stuff. I'm not saying that you have to take everybody down the Roman's road. Most of you probably know the Roman's road or understand what it is. Or, you know, whatever, your seven points to salvation... Well it's good to know. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not saying oh completely bypass that. Keep that in mind it is good cuz we can reveal who Christ is through scripture, but I'm telling you when you live in a culture where this is not relevant anymore, the way you live, what you say, your opportunities, that can have more of an impact than you think. And if your life isn't going to match up what you're trying to convince someone that is real to you, it's not going to matter. I love my sister. When she was in college, she used to date this guy. a Good guy. Reasonable guy. I didn't really get to know him too much. But he didn't want to have anything, nothing to do with church. And uh, it was mich- missionary dating or whatever. And uh, never a good idea. But she said, oh, he just won't go to church with me. I said, well, when was the last time you went to church? Oh, I don't know. Probably like two months ago. I was like, you want to be real to him. It's just not real to you. If it's not real to us our outward, it's not real. It's just not real. We have to figure that out. So I talked about sharing your story. And John's gonna, Pastor John's going to come up with the team. He's going to share some stuff. But, you know, when we share our story, we can find commonalities with people. We can, we can share uh, family stuff. We can share experiences. I was in Starbucks yesterday. And there was a gentleman who had two little girls. One looked to be about Taryn's age. One looked to be about Avery's age. And let me tell you, it was, I, could, I could feel his pain. One's bouncing on the counter. One's like kicking over the sign. You know, one's spilling the little coffee drink. And he's like, oh my gosh. And they spilt the drink on the floor. And uh, I was helping him clean it up. And he's like, oh, you don't have to do that. And I said, sir, I understand. I do. Like, I got two little girls. You know, I understand. They get crazy. You know, it's not a big deal. It's a commonality. You know, if if I ever cross paths with him again, there'd be an opportunity to be like, hey, I remember you from Starbucks, blah, 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 blah. But there was kindness. I watched people as the drink spilt and they went, This guy can't control his kids. Wow. Uh, One time we were at Hannaford, and uh, I got out of my car. There was a guy in blue jeans and a blue dress shirt and a green vest, and he had short reddish hair with a beard. It was like looking into a mirror. I'm not kidding. And we kept crossing paths. We looked at each other. And finally, we, we ran across each other right in front of the cooler section. We were both getting frozen pizza. Now, I'm not kidding. I, my wife always thinks I'm lame. I am lame. I looked at him and went, "You got a great sense of style, man." <laughs> and we chatted and we talked, and like through this little conversation of 30 seconds, what do you do? Oh, I do this. Yeah, I'm a pastor. We're down the road to church. Yeah, if you ever stop in and see us sometime, I'll save you a seat. You know, we could we could we could be twinning. <laughs> like, it's a small thing, but it's an opportunity. How many opportunities do we miss? If our upward is right and our inward is right, when the outward happens, it's, it's going to be more natural. It's what we've been called to do. Pastor John, you're up, sir. Seconds. Thank you. That's, <laughs> do you want this? I'll use
1: this. Okay. Use this. Jumbo. hey, all my Swahili-speaking uh, teammates. Uh, That's how you say hello in, in, all the kids are coming up because we thought they may want to see some pictures. We've got some pictures this morning. Good morning, everyone. Oh, there are more of you out there than I thought. Glad to see you. Hello, kiddos. Look at these beautiful kids. Look at these beautiful leaders. Everybody happy to be here? Yeah. Okay. Yes, Pastor John. I haven't used that in a long time. You know, funny, uh, can I can I say a couple of things? Of course I can. I've got the pulpit right now. One is, uh, I'm going to ask you, where, where did Tim go? Is he with his wife? Where'd you go? Tim, I'll answer your question. We have a discipleship problem. Period. Okay. The American church has a discipleship problem. And uh, how many of us, if we, we heard the last point of Pastor Tim's sermon, feel a little bit uncomfortable? Anybody? Anybody want to be honest? Okay. Everybody else not honest? Raise your hand. <laughs> no, I ain't going to admit. You know what I'm saying. I haven't been happy with my... All right, I get you guys. Um, I haven't been happy with my own witness. We're away... And my wife ends up connecting with my neighbor more than I ever have yet. And I'm like, oh, I'll go away again. I should leave next week. It's awesome. God's opening up some door. I'm watering his plants for him. And um, anyway, coming back with a fresh injection, if I may, of what I'll call missionitis. And I hope you all get infected. I hope we all get infected. To go back to what normal Christianity looks like in healthy churches, which is we're either going or we're sending. We either go or we send. And some of that was, um, was manifested clearly to us as we went overseas. And I, I'm just going to say one other thing in terms of exhortation, and that is our God is too small because he's not the real one. The real God is big enough Too many times for us, our God is too small. Amen? And uh, so, God, increase our faith. Your disciples hung out with you for three years, and they went to him and said, increase our faith. And Jesus exhorts them, but he doesn't say, that's a dumb thing to ask for. He never said that. And so, it's legit for us to ask the same thing. So, we're glad you guys are here in the front to watch. I'm going to ask in a minute for our team. Uh, In fact, come on up. Everybody that's was on the team, come right up here and face the congregation. Nobody's in trouble. Liam, you were not in Africa. <laughs> come on, team members, come on up. <clears throat> Timing in my life was amazing. I'm, I'm just going to say that uh, Derek can witness to the reality. We're missing one of our team members, Eli. He's missing, so we're going to have to forgive him. And uh, come on over by me. I don't bite. You can see we didn't get along very well. They all they all hung out, and it's in Hawke over there. So, anyway, um, I asked Derek several times, "Are we, are, are you? Sh- we're making this trip. Are you sure we should do this?" Right, two or three times, and he kept saying, "Yeah, yeah, we should do it." I was a little nervous, and um, for a number of reasons, we you know we had we had the bombing over Nairobi at one point that was like, "Oh, what about that?" Uh, we kind of kind of jumped into it, kind of crazy, right, ladies? And uh, But God proved himself to be good and had us on task. And uh, so in the last three months from my life, this has been the second injection of spiritual adrenaline for me and uh, have come back with so much to download, I can't possibly do it today. So what I wanted to do this morning was have the team in front of you I asked if anybody really was feeling pressed to say anything, you should have told me. Nobody told me, but I will cut you a little slack if you want to add anything in before we're done here this morning. But rather than have the team just say, here's what we learned and go, and then three weeks from now, guess what happens? We all forget about all of it. Oh, that was fun, and we barely remember it. I'd rather have us uh, give injections periodically through the next several months so that we hopefully get infected with some of that missionitis. Tim, I want to thank you for preaching on our values, which is basically a description of normal discipleship. And uh, that's what we want to press into as a church. So the team is here, and we want to say, in in Swahili, we say Asante, which is Asante. Thank you. Thank you to the church first. You folks here who helped us to go. I was thinking about it. Your donations, the cash that we needed, prayer support, your interest. I think all of us can say we felt supported. We felt like you guys were praying you were with us in it uh, rather than forgotten about. And so thank you. I can't thank you enough. So whatever good came out of it, you had a part in it. And so thank you for that. I'm going to just give you a very brief survey of our trip, and then I'm going to introduce you to our team members, as if you don't know them. But I've got new names for all of them. I do. I have new names for all of them. And if I get it wrong, they are called to be Christians, and forgive me. And we'll change it up later. But uh, I want to give you a quick survey of our trip. This was before we left out in front of the church building. Everybody was smiling. Then we came back. We're still smiling, praise the Lord, and, uh, and getting along. So survey of our trip. One, uh, if we could jump through some of these pictures. These are some of the kids. Uh, one of the big ministries that uh, the Wilsons had accomplished was establishing a school. I think they've worked on it for 18 years. Am I right? And uh, the big event of this that invited us over was they were going to transfer this school over to the African church and it was an amazing experience. But the school, we uh, were involved there, our team put on a VBS, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about that after I I introduce everybody. Uh, The next slide shows that um, you can just get a little picture, I know that's Shirley in the front, her magic uh, ability I'm gonna talk about, but this is a road behind here, these are classrooms down here. All up this side are classrooms, and there's more property behind where this picture is taken from with a chapel. It's a huge property. And uh, they've got a hundred and how many kids now? I don't know, who remembers? 209. 209. Oh, my word. And uh, there's a video we're going to show you in a little bit that talks about the humble beginnings of 18 candidates, and now they've got this voluminous. School operating to the glory of God. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, Up on the hill above the school, about a quarter mile away, maybe less than a half mile. Next slide. uh, They're building a house for the pastor, Pastor Joseph, who uh, operates in this little town called Lemuru. And um, that's as far as it was when we took the picture. It was already up to full height by the time we left, which was awesome. Next slide. Um, These are some of the things that we brought. I wish you could have seen us at the airport. We look like um, (laughs) refugees. Because of all the things you donated, we had, what was it? Eight and eight is 16. We had 17 huge bags stuffed with stuff. All that they, let me tell you, the African church will waste nothing. They will use everything we brought. And it all just got uh, absorbed, and that was just one picture of our stuff strewn all over the place. It was a riot, and um, just a wonderful thing that we were able to bring their way and bless them. The next slide shows Nairobi Chapel. It's a tent city. The whole church is tents. Except for their bathrooms. Those are high class. and uh, But everything is clearly marked. I think I can speak for everyone standing here that our experience at Nairobi Chapel was off the charts. In worship, in vision casting, in in Holy Spirit downloads, I felt like the Spirit spoke to every one of us. It was an amazing experience. We'll talk more about him in the weeks to come, especially about the man who was set apart over... Nairobi Chapel, with all their affiliated churches, which, did you read the manual? How many were under them? It's like almost 200 churches under their leadership, including where they're planting church work in San Francisco, London, Toronto. I said to our worship team at the beginning this morning, Boston, Harmony. Oh, anyway, Uh, oh, I signed you up. Oh, no, I didn't. The anointing is on the African church, I'm telling you. They're sending missions out from there. It was amazing. So Bishop Oscar, you'll get introduced to in a few minutes. Some of our work, the next one is uh, was teaching. That was with a group of men and some of the teachers there. And that's Pastor Joseph on the right, right there. Look at that winning smile he had. This guy is a sweetheart. And we also did some visitation. So if you go to the next, this was one of the houses we visited. I think it started with Shirley. I know... Uh, uh, Carolyn had a a home teaching one time, and Shirley connected with this lady. And we ended up going to their home, and we'll tell you a little bit about that later, because it ended up being one of the highlights of my week, personally. And the next slide is, uh, we had to have some fun. So the missionary sent us out in the woods and said, play with the kitties. (laughs) And that's how close we were, by the way. Yes, that was very exciting. Okay, you can kill that now. All right, thank you. So... When I first got to Harmony, uh, Vince, finally it's happening. Vince Sherlock must have recognized my superpower, and he gave me this uh, toy called Hawkman. Uh, he can fly. Uh, I, can't, I can't, so Vince, you got it wrong. But when I, I thought about this for today, when I saw our team work it out on the, on the field when we were there, I decided every one of them have a superpower. So I'm going to give you your names, and you can hate me for it, and I really don't care. Anyway, so one is, surely, you know, um, there is a TV show called The Librarians. I know. About these people with, and they're Shirley the Librarian. And uh, the ladies that were putting together, how many volumes did they have in that donated? There's
2: 11,000
1: books. 11,000 books of this little school library. And the ladies kept saying, we need to talk to the librarian. So that's who she is, (laughs) like it or not. She was the librarian. The next one, Carolyn, the supplier. Man, she worked her brain to death, getting us everything lined up to get in those bags and get it all right. And everybody worked together to make it happen. And so she was the supplier, Carolyn. Eli, He's not here. He was the Pied Piper, no question. Kids all over that guy. So much fun. I wish he was here today because I would make him teach you the shark song, make you all stand up and do maybe some future time when he shares a little bit. Emily, Kazuri girl, right? We went to Kazuri Beads, which is an international um, product that supports, what do they call it, 10,000 villages? Uh, Yes. 10,000 villages bringing yes. support to women in need. And they make these beads, and they sell them internationally. I even brought a few home from my sweetheart. Candy, and... Um, do you have ours on? We, we have Oh, oh we they've have got Kazuri right beads on right here. Beautiful stuff. And uh, when we got there, the...
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we
1: couldn't afford them for everybody tough. Anyway... Um, the the guide who was showing us around this amazing ministry was started out of a Catholic ministry, actually. Um, picked on uh, e, uh, Emily and said, Kazuri means what she is, small and beautiful. So she's the, she's the Kazuri girl, a princess, yep. And she was also a packer. There she is helping us pack. She was outstanding at doing that. Nikki, oh, I w- is your husband not here? Oh, see, I was going to rub it in, you know, say... Dave you better do something about this. She was having too much fun right there. <laughs> and uh, Nikki the Olympian. And we had races at VBS, everybody made it work, but, uh, but I just think uh, Nikki was amazing and Did she was you also see
2: her do handstands, handstands Cartwheel. and cartwheels
1: this one. I'm not kidding. And and the best part about her, she's watching out for the old guy the whole time. Let me get that this for you. It's like <laughs> She was awesome. All right. Anybody <laughs> mad at me yet? I don't care. Um, Corey, last guy. I'm calling Corey my life speaker. He's got the ability to speak life into situations bring out the positive of what's happening. So that's our team. i got to tell you, I'm very proud of them. Oh, whoa. Oh. Go back a couple of pictures. I'm missing the bubble girl.
2: Yes. Karen.
1: I don't know if you can see If that's her there She had this bubble machine The kids went out of their skulls With these bubbles We had to sedate her and the children To make it stop and uh, the kids up on the table. Yeah, they're up on the table. They're not supposed to do that. They were out of their minds, all her fault, so she was the bubble girl. Really proud of our team. Let me tell you two things about them before I have them sit down unless somebody wants to say anything, or you can wait and hold it and unload at a future day. One, our missionaries, I, I have a letter I'm going to read, but they said, we were a pleasure to be there. They hired drivers to take you everywhere you need to go. It's part of the economic system. And the drivers loved our teams, loved them. They said, one of the things we loved about your team is you didn't bring any drama with you. People from America come with their drama. Can you imagine, as I've heard stories of people going on a mission trip and said, where's the air conditioning? Like, wake up and smell the coffee, friends. We didn't bring any drama And we were really proud of what they accomplished. Let me read to you the note I got from Rick and Diana Wilson. We want to thank you. Dear Harmony, thank you so much for sending the team to Kenya this year. The Vacation Bible School that they put on for three days was the most amazing one we have ever seen in 18 years. So I got to tell you, that was their doing. I had nothing to do with it. We wished in Kenya for 18 years, we wished you could have seen how excited the kids were learning the banana song and the shark song. (laughs) Guess what you're going to (laughs) learn. The Bible stories were great. And then to take all the kids outside on a newly marked soccer field, what you saw behind... Shirley a few minutes ago, and have organized games for the kids was incredible. On top of of it off, to top it off, each child had a numbered bib pinned to their back, just like a real race, right? They made all of those things, and they loved it. They had whistles, medals around their neck, little trophies. It was unbelievable. Thank you for all the preparation and hard work that went into making this such a blessing to all of these kids. It was truly a blast to watch. God bless Rick and Diana. So, I thought that was worth hearing that they did such an outstanding job. So, I'm really proud of our team. And uh, how hard is it? I mean, jet lag, that's hard. But outside of that, you guys did a fantastic job. Anybody want to say anything? Nope, I threatened them enough, they don't want to say anything. <laughs> All right, thank you, team. So I've got just enough time to give you a couple of moments quickly, one, the highlight of our week. I I have one more picture I wanted to show. We went back to that home and everybody was in the room sharing with this family that were kind of challenged and uh, we met with them and that's us praying over this uh, family. As uh, the young lady that Shirley had connected with earlier in the week gave her heart to Jesus and uh, her mom had just recently gotten on board. And so it's a pray for Teresa and her home. I'll just leave it at that. needs to be more work of the Holy Spirit getting in there. And Pastor Joseph is right here in the front. He had to, uh, he had to translate everything into Swahili so that they could fluidly understand. The other thing that was a highlight of our week was our experience with uh, Bishop Oscar and being in Nairobi Chapel. Let me just say, we blessed our missionaries by going. Um, This was a huge event, 18 years of work getting transferred over to the African church and Rick and Diana's pastor from North Carolina And myself were the only two spiritual leaders represented from all of their background to be there for this amazing event. So it meant an awful lot to them that you guys sent us to be there. Pastor Dan Burrell was uh, their pastor. He and I had the privilege of standing up in the front and having Pastor Oscar, Bishop Oscar, pull us aside and for 20 minutes downloaded so much vision, we both walked away with glazed eyes. Dan Burrell says to me, I just feel like I had 20 minutes worth of download seminary in just a short time. Moment with that man, he bleeds vision, bleeds it. The uh, the transfer of the property to the African Church was accompanied with this wonderful celebration where the Wilsons were made honorary members of the Kikuyu tribe, and that's a big deal. That's why he's wearing that uh, little uh, elders hat there, which that it was a riot to see. By the way, his final gift—they have to give you a gift, right? So. All of a sudden, from behind a curtain, you hear, nah, and out comes a goat. <laughs> they give him a goat, and they give his wife a chicken, and they tell him, try to get it in the overhead transport in the airplane when you take it home. And said, but you know, if they were really Kenyans, they'd be eating that this afternoon. So didn't happen. Our exposure to Nairobi uh, Chapel was amazing. We received blessing. You know, you think about what happened in the gospel, spiritually, biblically, book of Acts, Jerusalem, Antioch, uh, you know, eventually Rome were centers of the gospel going out, and how, uh, for example, in Asia Minor, where, uh, which is now Turkey, Ephesus was one of the biggest churches in history, right? And now it's all Islam. America was ascending nation, and now we're shrivelling, and Africa is on the ascent. And they're sending missions around the world. And I'll, I'll share more about that in the days ahead. I want to show you a brief clip, clip of Pastor uh, Bishop Oscar. I know it's cutting it a little bit tight. But um, just two minutes, I think. One of their visions was, and this, this should inspire us as a church that has a school, they recognize that certain age groups are the, are the prime target for the gospel. And for long-term change, and that Christian school teachers are the best evangelists. So the vision they had for all of their 44 states in the country of Kenya is to plant a solid Christian church in every one of those states, and they're up to three. And this one that, that our missionaries transferred to them, I think is the third, am I right, was number three, right? So here's the video of some of the vision that Bishop Oscar brought to the table.
3: Doing a great job. Watoto children are
2: going kutoka come lazima going to going community community. going
1: to positive.
2: going to 2018, we had a candidate class of 16. We had seven boys and nine girls. Um, the top students scored 359 marks. It was unexpected, at least in the community. For us here, staff, we knew God was doing something. You know that our motto and the motto of the three schools that we are running right now is educating for life. And for eternity, we don't just tell them about how to make a good life, but we also tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I'm excited about the school industry, and I'm praying that God will give us not just this one school that Rick and Diane and those who have been behind this vision so generously gave to us. I'm praying for an additional, at least 44 schools, and I'm praying that God will give them to us. We don't have the resources to buy them and to build them, but God is able to do miracles, and this was a first miracle. I believe there are many more coming down the road.
1: The morning we were there, he cast vision about this, put the challenge out and said, some of you are so used to living in Nairobi with running water and electricity, you have ancestral lands that you don't know what to do with. I'm asking you to give us seven acres out of those ancestral lands. And by the end of the day, you had three new tracts of land for schools. By the end of the day, and there was a lot more, but I won't keep you any longer. Fact is, uh, the man bleeds vision and the anointing is on our brethren, and seeing God do this is amazing. I think I had two more slides. Not the end, I hope. Amen? Amen. Not the end, but may we get infected with some of that missionitis. And uh, amen. You know what? We have uh, announcements. You want me to run them, or are you going to run them? Real quick? You're the man. Why don't you do it? God bless you. Thank you for sending us, everybody. Invite our ushers to come down as they come. Uh,
0: that was pretty awesome, huh? Man, I can't wait to hear more. Um, if you are a guest with us, we're so thrilled you're here. We'd love for you to fill out the card in the pouch in front of you and you can drop it in the wooden box on the right on your way out. Just a few uh, special announcements. Our community picnic will be held Saturday, July 20th. Please see the sign up sheet in the foyer. Uh, that is this coming Saturday. Um, there will be a quick meeting for those helping with, uh, picking up donated, donated items, uh, right in the front here, right after we're done. Um, so if you have volunteered to help pick those items up, come on up the front and, uh, meet with Linda at the end here. Um, we are scheduling a baptism at the end of the month. If you are interested in being baptized, please contact the church office. Harmony Christian School is looking for a new board member. Please see the bulletin for information, um, july 17th nerf night for ignite uh 6th to 12th grade did i say the 19th i said the 17th it's the 19th thank you caitlin i couldn't do without you none of this so uh you can come the 17th and bring your own nerf um the benevolent fund is in need of donations. Uh, that's a fund that we keep here uh, to help meet whatever needs are out there in the community. So, uh, if you feel compelled to donate to that, please do. People sign out their kids here. Oh, yeah. Can we leave them for the afternoon? deal i'll take that deal we'll be back tuesday that's all we have let's close in prayer and uh we'll send you on your way holy god we thank you for this morning for this uh amazing time of worship for this uh amazing opportunity uh to send this team and, and for the work that you did through them and for bringing them back safe to us lord we uh we praise you you are an enormous god a great god an amazing god And, uh, man, thank you for knowing us and allowing us to know you. Bless and keep us as we go. In Jesus' name, amen.